Enterprise slash 
really well known even after his passing. Definitely. Hey, Porter, hey, Porter, would you tell me the time? How much longer will it be till we cross that Mason-Dixon line? At daylight, would you tell that engineer to slow it down? Or better still, just stop the train, cause I want to look around. Hey, Porter, hey, Porter, what time did you say? How much longer will it be till I can see the light of day? When we hit Dixie, will you tell that engineer to ring his bell? And ask everybody that ain't asleep to stand right up and yell. Well, uh, <laughs> okay, so, uh, <laughs> um, so there's a, uh, uh, U.S. got to the uh, round of 16 in the World Cup. Yay! USA! USA! All the way! All the way! Hashtag, I believe. That's the soccer hashtag for USA. <laughs> yeah, people have really been tweeting a lot about it. Even people that you uh, maybe wouldn't, you know, normally think are the biggest soccer fans. They're, they're people are really getting into it. Uh, I don't know if it's this, you know, it's, like they maybe set a record at the, the Portugal game a lot of people watched. And, um, you know, there was like, a, there were some good plays, but uh, you know what I thought when I saw the... Uh, there was there the first goal the Portugal scored. Yeah. You know how the U.S. defender, uh, he he hit it back toward the Portugal defender instead of away from the goal, and I was just thinking like, oh, come on, this is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. And then but, the U.S. got two goals in a row, um, in Portugal against Portugal in the, in that middle game, you know. So, uh, you know, um. That was a tie, 2-2, two, two, because then Cristiano Ronaldo made that cross at the end, and Portugal got that last goal. But but in between, yeah, um, the U.S. got a couple good goals from uh, Clint Dempsey. Uh, was He was the one that, you know, tapped it in for the second goal. And uh, I don't know, then, like, the Germany game. Yeah. Lost one nothing, but we, I guess we didn't give up so many goals that we disqualified ourselves for the next round. We still had enough points to get through. Yeah, that's great. Yeah, and uh, yeah, we. I guess we kind of got by in the Ghana game, but you know, I mean, maybe it worked well enough. Um, so yeah, so I guess uh, we're we're supposed to. I think we might play uh, Belgium. Belgium. I don't know about them. What, what kind of style do they play? Well, I guess I guess uh, the the U.S. lost to them in a friendly last year, uh, but you know some things have changed. But still, it, it you know I think right now Belgium has a pretty good team. They maybe their their team goes up and down, you know, in the rankings. But I think they're at a relatively high watermark, and you know, so I think they're definitely going to be a competitive, um, you know, opponent. Uh, I'm not. I'm not sure. What do you? Uh, what do you think? Do you think like they can get to the round of eight, win a game? Uh, you know what? I think it would be great if they did. I I actually haven't watched too much to see how they're how they're doing, but um, they seem to want to win it. Although their coach said that comment about them not gonna be able to win. 
Oh, uh, Jurgen Klinsmann. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe maybe that's like gamesmanship or something. Maybe it was, it was a weird kind of way of motivating, trying to motivate. I don't know. Oh, yeah, well, weird motivate is right then. Well, it just seems not motivating. If More anything, it's up to the players in the field to, to prove them wrong, right? So um, I think Jermaine Jones was the guy that got the other goal for USA in the Portugal game. Uh, but, but yeah, I mean, it's up for... It's, it's really up to... It really comes down to like uh, uh, the players on the field to kind of, you know, to show them that that isn't the case. I mean, that's the conventional wisdom, if anything. Like he was reflecting the conventional wisdom, and like in, think about college football, and and obviously you know international football is a totally different thing. But college American football, uh, think about the way coaches talk. There might be a little more brash in the NFL. It depends, though. I mean, yeah. not everybody's like Rex Ryan, but like you know, think about the way that they kind of downplay don't college coaches downplay their team we're a pretty good football team i'm not sure like coach do you think your team's gonna play for a national championship and maybe it's the old school kind of lou holtz kind of coaches that i'm thinking of and maybe today's coaches are a little more like aggressive and trying to posture because like the people are the press conferences are being patched through on satellite and internet and people are kind of interacting to things really fast and on twitter but like Still, I mean, don't you think that, that there's still a lot of those coaches that are like, well, this is a good football team, but I don't know if we're you know good enough to play for the national championship. Like, isn't that – do you know what I mean? Like, I just saw it in that vein of kind of like the coach being humble on behalf of the team. But maybe yeah. the players didn't look at it that way. I don't know what their reaction was. He's He looks like he's kind of come around. He had him change their flights to the day after the World Cup, leaving from Brazil. Well, yeah, I mean, he's I think like, yeah, we it, can do this. he's hungry. I mean, look, he was the coach, remember, in, of, of Germany, his his own nationality squad, the team that he won for West Germany, he won a World Cup in 1990. Maybe he knows what he's doing. What do you well, think? Well, he coached Germany's team when they played, when they hosted the Cup in 2006, and they did pretty well, but, you know, they I think they made it to the quarterfinals or semifinals that year. That was the year that Zinedine Zidane did the headbutt. That was crazy. And then this year, remember we were seeing that guy and he was like pulling his shoulder. He was showing his shoulder to the ref. I guess he said somebody bit him. Oh, yeah. This is this is um a completely crazy story. If you I uh, let me tell you, let me tell you a little bit of the background. Okay. Um, Luis Suarez, who by some reckonings, by some people's rankings, is like the the third best player in the world. I don't know if that is supposed to mean he's behind Lionel Messi and. Cristiano Ronaldo or, or what um, but he uh, is accused of biting an Italian player so people are saying Lu- Louis Louis Suarez uh, bit an opponent in a match not only that but he had apparently been accused of doing that in other uh, comp- competition in like 2010 and 2013 like in 2013 when he was playing for Liverpool or something. So, you know, he plays for the English, um, you know, clubs, the Premier League, I think. And so he is already kind of notorious for this kind of thing, and he had been accused now of biting an Italian player. That's crazy. On the field. Yeah, because he was, like, pulling it down, like, and I was like... The Italian player, he was trying to show the... the, um, the the referee and and, and he's you know just like wow <laughs> wow 
he just wanted to, you know, yeah, tell the guy that, you know. Asshole. Yeah. So he got suspended for, um, like, four months and a certain number of matches or something. So the suspension's already been handed down. Do you understand me? I am not crazy. You're the one who's crazy. 
fucking asshole. Couples harassing people. unseemly. And I, I give President Bush, by the way, 
combat forces back to Iraq I think this is a good answer this is on the uh, website com. it's a good Middle East blog and it's by a contributor named Scott Corey the title uh, I was thinking about just reading the title Dear Neocons why we're not sending combat troops to Iraq no matter how much you pout now I think that it's worth reading a little bit of the article, though, also. Quote, There are only three things wrong with the idea of sending combat troops to Iraq at this time as a range of hawks from Bill Crystal to Senator John McCain is suggested. It is foolish obedience to bad allies. It abandons President Obama's wise doctrine of self-limited commitment. And it prematurely commits us to one side of what may become a region-wide war. Beyond doubt, the current Sunni uprising is the fruit of abuses by Iraq's President Maliki. Equally beyond doubt, he has done this despite years of earnest U.S. warnings that exactly this would happen. Unquote, and it goes on. Uh, so I, I think though that that gets uh, that gets a, a good deal of the point across. You're listening to episode one thirty four of the Pacific Pelican US slash sixty four podcast. Uh, if you want to check out my website, links to my novel uh you can go to djmcloud.com and jessica's website is at jessica.sf3am.com This is obviously from a few days ago. The demonstrators' concerns range from public transportation, fare hikes to inadequate wages, housing, education, security, and health care, among other things. Strikes and the threat of strikes have emanated from almost every sector of Brazilian society, including airline employees, metro workers, this teachers, is a democracy all, now all homeless workers, segment. to police, and even the main federal employees' union. Uh, many Brazilians have expressed fury over Brazil spending an estimated $11 billion to host the cup while the country's hospitals and schools remain woefully underfunded. As the World Cup commenced Thursday, Brazilian President Dilma Rousseff was the target of crude chants sung by part of the crowd who attended Brazil's victory game against Croatia. You're going to lose a tooth! You'll lose a fucking tooth! She would not be intimidated by the crowd's criticism. Insults will not intimidate me. I will not be coward. 
I will not let myself get upset by insults that cannot even be heard by children or families. Dilma Rousseff, the president of Brazil, was once jailed herself as a political prisoner. She went on to say, quote, In my life, I faced extremely difficult situations, situations that pushed me to my physical limits. What I had to I endure then was not verbal aggression, but physical aggression, she said. Hundreds of demonstrations against the World Cup have erupted all over Brazil over the last year. Human rights groups such as Amnesty International have accused the local police of using excessive force against demonstrators in a video taken by the Associated yep. Press Sunday. A police officer can be seen firing what appears to be a live pistol round at anti-World Cup protesters near Rio de Janeiro's Maracana soccer stadium. Police have reportedly also used tear gas, rubber bullets, noise bombs to disperse demonstrators. Protest organizers just said Brazilians will yep. continue fighting for their rights despite the dangers they face. Today we are here for health, education, and public services. This is a kind of protest, and we are strong. Here we want to protest every day that there is a game. This is the first one, but we can say that we are not scared to go into the streets. The streets today are the most important place in the city, and going into the streets is the most important democratic exercise at the moment. I am. I'm so excited. I can't. I can't. I can't. MXM. Dave is the author of several books on sports, including most recently Brazil's Dance with the Devil, the World Cup, the Olympics, and the Fight for Democracy. He is in Rio covering the 2014 World Cup. He's joining us from outside Maracana Stadium. Dave, yesterday you yourself were tear gassed. Can you describe the scene? Yeah, absolutely. If you look behind me, you see Maracanã Stadium. That is arguably the most famous soccer stadium on the planet. And last night, it was hosting its first World Cup game in 64 years. And in protest of everything that FIFA and the World Cup are bringing to Brazil, a demonstration of about 500 people marched down the street to my left on Maracanã Avenue. The goal was to get as close to the exclusion zone around the stadium, yeah. a several Good. block radius that prevents people okay. Favorite game? I don't know. 
this one. <laughs> yeah, Diablo. I, I played Diablo 3 last night. It was awesome. It was super fun. Yeah. Well, I only play in hardcore mode when protecting the Black Soulstone. So, I wouldn't really call it super fun as much as it is the most intense thing of all time. Oh, no. What's your favorite uh -huh. part about gaming? I don't know. It's just, it's like the escape. I don't know. That, you know, just kind of a break from reality for a little bit, you know, travel to distant lands, definitely. Yeah, she's like, you there? going to other worlds, you know, like, like other dimensions where you aren't rejected all the time. I don't know. I don't know, like other worlds where your dad still sees you as his own. Maybe I'm not Mark who works at Arby's. Maybe I'm Onyx the Fortuitous, Slayer of the Bright Realm. I don't know. What are you looking forward to most? Are you taking some kind of drugs or drinking? Not being alone? I don't know. Not shaming myself in the basement, getting drunk off tiny wines. It's great to get out and meet other gamers, connect with people that you share. Because it's like I fear death, but also I long for it. How long would you wait in line to play a game? I don't know. All day? Anybody there? You're alone if you're in line. I don't know. Who is this? And your name? Always a few random creepers. I mean, there are a few people who kind of, you know, lurk, but don't say much, and then all of a sudden they're back there again, and then you see them again. It's like a paradigm shift, you know? Maybe we're not in Los Angeles at all. Maybe we're in New Tristram, or maybe we're in Kalimdor. Maybe you're not a pretty girl talking to me and making me nervous with her witch doctor eyes and red raven's mane. Maybe you're a pandering princess asking me to retire with her to the Vale of Eternal Blossoms, and if I could only get the guts to say yes, I'd experience what it's like to be inside of a union where for once trust is given and trust is returned, where nothing can be broken, where nothing can be taken without first being given, before the nightshade comes and takes us all back to the black and filthy Big muck and mire, where death lives and beauty doesn't stand a chance. Oh, come on, this is bullshit. Shut up already. Okay. Oh, no. Watchdogs look pretty cool. Yep. Alright, that's it today for our GameSmash.com updates. I'm Tessa, here at the 2012 E3 conference. Have fun, guys, and remember to get your game okay. on. Okay. We got some videos up podcast has been recorded on June 27, 2014. CivicPelican.us slash 64 is the homepage. You can find links and more information for Jessica. This is Dan for this time.